Welcome back to another edition of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Not here with me is my co-host, Josh Hammerling. He is busy this week. I was I had a hectic week last week. He had a hectic week this week. Um, so uh, schedules out of line. But I was texting him today. I said, Josh, we got to talk about this. We got to have a podcast for this. I, I've never in my entire life, in my entire adult life, career of monitoring gun grabbers, anti-gun activists, writing my book, <laughs> The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. I have never seen something so flagrantly, unapologetically unconstitutional and violative of the Second Amendment as what's going on in New Mexico. New Mexico, the governor of New Mexico, has declared that the Second Amendment no longer exists. At least, she says, for 30 days. Let's, let's put on our thinking caps and remember the COVID emergencies, how that was only supposed to be 30 days, 40 days, 60 days, and it became years. 30 days, she says, that the Second Amendment will no longer apply if you live in Albuquerque or the surrounding county which has a population of over 600,000 people, you no longer have the right to carry a firearm in public for self-defense. You cannot carry it concealed if you have a permit. You cannot carry it openly, which state law allows. Suspending it. Completely suspending the Second Amendment. And the reason she is saying that is because, tragically, an 11-year-old boy was shot and killed the other day while on his way back from a baseball game. Tragic. No one wants to see that happen. But it wasn't a law-abiding gun owner who engaged in a drive-by shooting. I mean, definitionally, that person is not law-abiding. No, and I would venture to say that firearm was probably not purchased legally. But no, this is now being used to declare a health emergency. That firearm mortality has reached the level of a health emergency in Albuquerque. She now says that the Second Amendment doesn't apply anymore. Massive fines, potential for prison time. If you resist, if you violate the order. Disgusting. We're going to talk about the solutions for this as we get a little bit further into this podcast. But I got to talk about The irony of this. It was just, it was not too long ago, well, two years ago, that this same governor signed into law a bill to eliminate qualified immunity. A bill to eliminate qualified immunity in the state of New Mexico. What is qualified immunity? Qualified immunity is the concept that if you are a government official, police officer, politician, elected official, and in the, in, the, uh, in the act of fulfilling your obligations, your duties, you violate someone's constitutional rights, qualified immunity basically says, well, they were doing that as their job. You can't sue them personally. You have to sue them in their official capacity. By ending qualified immunity, the New Mexico governor has declared that any public official who violates a citizen's rights can be sued individually and cannot be shielded 
behind their official uh, uh, official duties, right? You can't hide behind your office. You can, you the victims of your constitutional violations can go after you personally. How ironic that right now you have over six hundred thousand residents of Albuquerque who can legitimately sue this governor for violating their constitutional rights. And she cannot say she was acting as governor because of the law she signed into the bill she signed into law, which is this bill. This bill, the New Mexico Civil Rights Act of 2021. I'm going to talk about this briefly, but just to show that I'm not making this up. It defines a, the, the term public body means a state or local government, an advisory board, a commission, or an agency, or an entity created by the Constitution of New Mexico, or any branch of government that receives public funding, including political subdivisions, special tax districts, school districts, and institutions of higher education. So it only stands to reason that a public body would, the governor herself would count as a public body because she is an entity that was created by the Constitution of New Mexico and receives public funding. Claim for violation of state constitutional rights. A public body or person acting on behalf of, under color of, or within the course and scope of the authority of a public body shall not subject or cause to be subjected any resident of New Mexico or person within the state to deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured pursuant to the Constitution of New Mexico. And she just did that. She quite literally just did that. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how you can have a politician like this unapologetically come out and say the Second Amendment no longer exists inside the city of Albuquerque. And you wake up the next day and it's just, it's just another day, another Saturday. Oh, college football. Oh, whatever. I mean, I was looking on social media and more power to them. But I saw Second Amendment advocates uh, frantically trying to find plaintiffs who could sue. Plaintiffs who lived in Albuquerque, who had a concealed carry permit, who could sue. In all of these fights, I've never seen it get onto social media with calls to action asking, does anyone know anyone who lives in Albuquerque with a carry permit? I've never seen the Second Amendment movement caught so off guard, so flat-footed. Now, I, I hope that the organizations that I've grown to love, FPC, GOA, kind of NRA, they kind of just do grandstanding. But these great organizations, I, I hope that they can shut this down because it's an easy argument. But I've never seen the behind-the-scenes thrust into the public domain uh, like I've seen today, it, it was it was very startling. But we have now a governor who. <laughs> well, let, let's read the executive order. Let's read the executive order. The executive order that she signed. Let me zoom in. Executive order twenty twenty three one thirty, declaring a state of public health emergency due to gun violence. The rate of gun. Whereas the rate of gun deaths in New Mexico has increased 43%, whereas guns are the leading cause of death among children and teens in New Mexico. 
and have led to the deaths of a 13-year-old girl on July 28th, a 5-year-old girl on August 14th, and an 11-year-old boy on September 6th. She is basing this emergency on three individual cases and the claim that guns are the leading cause of death among children and teens. Three cases and a false claim. If you follow me on TikTok, I, I recommend that you do, at Max J. McGuire. I was going off on people last night. I had a TikTok that went, went kind of mini viral. I think it had like 60,000. How many did it have? It had uh, 82,000 views, which for my account, that's, that's a lot. Talking about this issue. Talking about this issue. And, and people were in the comments. Leftists, gun control advocates were in the comments spouting out, me, 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 me. oh, guns are the leading cause of death of kids. Not true. This is CDC's wonder. This is their portal that they use for you to find mortality cause of death data. And so if you look at the underlying cause of death data for 2018 to 2021, let's go through this. Let's see if this claim is accurate. She is suspending the Second Amendment to the Constitution in her state's biggest city and county on a claim that guns are the leading cause of death among children and teens. Let's put it to the test. Spoiler alert, she's full of shit. Okay, so right here, group results by injury mechanism and other leading cause. We could do it by ICD-10 code, but ICD-10 code will talk like accident, homicide. We want the actual injury mechanism, whether it be car accidents, stabbings. So injury mechanism for deaths. We're going to limit it to New Mexico right here. And then we are going to go ages 0 to 17. Children. Let's see what the results show us. Might take a second. It's processing. I want to do this in real time so you can see I'm not cooking these books, not manipulating the numbers to lie. This is straight from the CDC. Now let's sort the deaths uh, down. Oh, well, this is interesting. So when you measure it in New, in New Mexico, firearm mortality is actually rated fifth in cause of death for zero to 17 children and teenagers. You have non-injuries, um, the perinatal period, those are babies, um, congenital malformations, deformations, chromosomal anomalies, Abnormalities, those are tend to be babies and infants. Motor vehicle traffic, suffocation, and then firearms are fifth. Firearms are fifth. So she's lying. But I want to show how she can get away with this and how the quote-unquote fact checkers don't go after her. Because the studies that she's referring to have deliberately manipulated the numbers. They have excluded babies, zero to one-year-olds, and they have added in 18 and 19-year-olds. That's why when you actually read her order, it says children and teens, right? When you read that, you think, oh, kids, but they don't call it children. She says children and teens because they argue 18 and 19 are teenagers when we know they are adults. So her definition of children doesn't include babies and does include 18 and 19 year old adults. So let's see what happens in New Mexico. If you look at just 18 and 19 year old adults, right here, see 18, 19 year old, cause of death, send, processing, 
spoiler alert, the adults die from firearms much more often than the babies do. Here we go. All that stuff about chromosomal abnormalities, um, genetic defects, that's gone. The causes of death for 18 and 19 year olds, the leading cause is firearm death. So if you look down here, I mean, even if you add that in though, oh, the, the babies. So if you look here, you get rid of these uh, perinatal period and the congenital malformations. You're left with 91 firearms. Then firearms would be the third uh, largest cause of death. Add in those 18, 19-year-olds, and bam, that's how you get that claim that firearms are killing children and teenagers more than any other cause. But again, they have to not count babies as children and count 18 and 19-year-old adults as children. So they cook the books. They have manipulated the data, manipulated the numbers to specifically make this bullshit argument. So it's a lie, right? That is a lie. It's a lie. When you look at children, firearm deaths are, what I said, fifth or sixth. Imagine, imagine a governor saying because traffic mortality, traffic accident deaths are so high, we are suspending the right of everyone to drive a car. Imagine if, if, if a politician actually claimed that. Imagine. But that is what she is essentially arguing when she shuts down the Second Amendment in the city of Albuquerque using this logic. When that goes away, what you're left with in this executive order is three individual case studies, which however tragic and heartbreaking they are, do not justify the revocation and suspension of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution. She says, oh, the increase in mass shootings, gun-related deaths and injuries are devastating. They are. They are. But as firearm crime, gun crimes go up, that only creates more of a need for the average citizen to be able to carry a firearm to defend themselves. She says, oh, the gunshot victims are straining our overly burdened healthcare system. She says that I, Michelle Lujan Grisham, declare, and she says all this, yada, 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 and then you get down to the bottom of it, <coughs> suspending the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. For 30 days, you can no longer carry a firearm, even if you are licensed. New Mexico doesn't require a license. That's the crazy part about all this. New in New Mexico, you don't need a license to carry a firearm. You can carry a firearm openly without a permit. Without a permit. I, I thought I was going to do this, but let me uh, real quick. Uh, New Mexico Constitution. The section of the New Mexico Constitution dealing with gun rights. Here we go. I'll put this up on the screen right now. Uh, oh, no. That's not the one I wanted. Add to, oh, what happened? Here we go. Okay, New Mexico Constitution, Article 2, Bill of Rights, Section 6, right to bear arms. No law shall abridge the right of the citizen to keep and bear arms for security and defense, for lawful hunting and recreational use, or and for other lawful purposes, but nothing herein shall be held to permit the carrying of concealed weapons. No municipality or county shall regulate in any way an incident of the right to keep and bear arms. Now, the New Mexico Constitution does not protect a right to conceal carry. 
But that doesn't matter because the United States Constitution does. But when the New Mexico Constitution says you have the right to keep and bear arms, but that doesn't mean concealed, that means open carry. So when the governor of New Mexico suspends both the open carry of firearms and the concealed carry of firearms, she is violating the New Mexico Constitution and violating the Constitution of the United States. Specifically, she is violating the most recent Supreme Court decision dealing with gun rights. Um, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin came out in June of 2022. That was a case challenging um, New York's concealed carry scheme. Basically, New York said, oh, we allow you to get a concealed carry permit, but you have to prove that you have a just cause or a good enough reason to deserve it. Supreme Court says, no, that's a de facto ban on concealed carry. And no, you cannot just say that the entire island of Manhattan is too sensitive of a place and that no one can carry a firearm there. That's in this ruling, right? So when the governor of New Mexico says that, oh, it's just too violent, too violent in Albuquerque for law-abiding citizens to carry firearms anymore, that whole argument, that is a jurisprudential dinosaur. It is done. It is toast. Supreme Court's already thrown that out. But there's one part. One part of this decision I wanted to read to you. If the last decade of Second Amendment, quote, if the last decade of Second Amendment litigation has taught this court anything, it is that federal courts tasked with making such difficult empirical judgments regarding firearm regulations under the banner of intermediate scrutiny often defer to the determinations of legislatures. But while that judicial deference to legislative interest balancing is understandable and elsewhere appropriate, it is not deference that the Constitution demands here. The Second Amendment is the very product of an interest balancing by the people, and it surely elevates above all other interests the right of law-abiding responsible citizens to use arms for self-defense. It is this balance struck by the traditions of the American people that demands our unqualified deference, end quote. What the Supreme Court is saying here is that the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution exists to make sure politicians can't say, oh, we got to suspend it because this is more important. Governments, state governments, legislatures, governors, they cannot engage in interest balancing when it comes to the interpretation of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment says what it says. And a governor cannot come in and say, oh, well, I think that the rights of the people to not get shot supersedes the rights of the other people to be able to defend themselves in public. That seems like a crazy thing to argue, but that is what Governor Grisham, New Mexico's governor, is arguing. I have a clip here of her saying just that, and it is shocking. I'm going to probably play it, stop a couple times, talk about it, but uh, here we go. This is yesterday, the governor of New Mexico taking questions, some pretty, pretty tough questions from the media, and her responses are absolutely stunning. Yes, um, all the examples you cited are crimes. Kids shooting at other kids, shooting from cars. So what's the value of the civil order? Why not just do better law enforcement? Both. The value of the order is, is that I'm, it gives me three things. One, it says it's a statewide issue and it's a message to everyone to start leveraging your resources and arresting people. Two, 
The jurisdictions come at this, including with the DOJ restrictions, differently without the leveraging the additional resources, arresting, and where do they go? We've got to make sure that everyone is bumping up their services. It's a message to the uh, Metropolitan Detention Center. It's a message to the HMOs. You better figure out treatment. We have been sort of stalled out to your point. This order basically says stop stalling out, and to your point, just arrest everyone. Well, I also have to have the ability, I can't arrest everyone. There are literally too many people to arrest. Well, this would allow us, huh? If someone got a concealed carry permit in Albuquerque walking down a public street, they're not gonna get arrested. I can make the point that they, maybe they should be. Let's talk about that. The reporter says, hey, a law-abiding citizen with a carry permit walking down the street, they're not going to be arrested. And the governor of New Mexico says, the governor of New Mexico says, I can make a point and maybe they should be. Maybe the act of carrying a concealed firearm for self-defense, something that the United States Supreme Court has said is a constitutionally protected right enshrined in the Second Amendment. It is a right that is natural to all human beings. That's what people don't, the left, conservatives get this. The left doesn't get this, that the Second Amendment isn't the government giving you rights. The, the Bill of Rights is taking enumerated rights, the rights that they listed out, and also in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments saying there are others we didn't list that are just natural rights. And government cannot violate those naturally occurring human rights rights, God-given rights. The right to defend yourself from attacks is God-given. I mean, I, I love this argument because it's so simple, right? Some of the political philosophers that the American founders read and based their uh, philosophy on, one of them was John Locke. And his argument was that man exists in what he called anarchy, the state of nature. And that when man wants to leave the state of nature, that's every man for himself, right? You live in the woods, and it's just chaos, every man for himself. Well, that's too chaotic. So Locke writes that man leaves the state of nature and forms societies and forms governments to basically have a set of rules. So in anarchy, if someone steals from you, it's up to you to punish them. And you can have eye for an eye justice. You can do whatever you want. But that that's chaos, right? So government steps in to say, okay, these are the rules and we will be in charge of doling out the administration of justice. So by creating society, man definitionally hands over some of their rights. Like you have unlimited rights in the state of nature. You are your own government. You're your own judge, jury, executioner. When you join a society, join a, a country, whatever you want to call it, you understandably lose some of your rights. You can't go murder the guy who stole your cat. In the state of nature, you can. In civilized society, you can't. It's up to the government to dole out those punishments. But what the Second Amendment is there, the Second Amendment is there to make sure that in this discussion, as we're talking about what government can and cannot do, that despite all of the rights that man understandably gives up in order to be a part of society, the natural rights, he or she does not give up their basic right to self-defense. That sure, they don't have the right to go track down the guy who stole their cat and murder him. But if the guy who stole is trying to steal their cat threatens to kill them in their house 
they can defend themselves with deadly force. That is why the Second Amendment is there. Second Amendment is also there to make sure that the government, whether it be a foreign government or a domestic government that wants to trample on the citizens' rights, can be toppled if necessary. That any time a government becomes destructive to its end, that end being the preservation of man's natural rights and liberties, it is the duty of us all to abolish it. That is a loose a loose uh, paraphrasing of the Declaration of Independence. But the founders were keenly aware that there had to be a mechanism by which the American people could resist a foreign or domestic government in the event that that government wanted to violate their rights. That's why the Second Amendment is there. It's two, twofold. Defend yourself from people. Defend yourself from tyrannical government entities. So the Second Amendment exists to make sure, as I just said, that under that Lockean understanding of how man gives up rights to enter society, that does not eliminate the right to self-defense. Man retains that right even after becoming an American citizen. <clears throat> I mean, this is, this is common sense stuff. But let's keep listening to Governor Grisham because she's not done there. She just said, hey, if you're walking around with a concealed carry permit, maybe you should just be arrested. Maybe if you want to exercise your Second Amendment right, your God-given right to self-defense, maybe you should just be arrested for that. Let's, uh, let's keep listening. And this is the point. I, I, I'm willing to do anything and everything within a shred of evidence-based effort. Pausing it right there because, once again, she has violated the Supreme Court's New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. Just went over this, right? Intermediate scrutiny. You cannot do that, right? Difficult empirical judgments that's what she's talking about when she says oh we need evidence-based systems she is quite literally defying the supreme court the supreme court in slapping down new york was wise enough to include the language that completely debunks everything that new mexico governor grisham is saying she cannot do that the second amendment exists plain and clear shall not be infringed to make sure it is obvious that government officials, politicians, lawmakers, governors cannot engage in this empirical, data-driven interest balancing to decide whether or not the Second Amendment should be allowed anymore. Sorry, I just had to jump in there. Because if you're not horrified that on any street corner in too many cities in New Mexico, there is someone with a gun sticking out of their waist or their belt. And I'll tell you. Okay, so that's not illegal. So a lot of these people are unlawfully carrying guns, but in New Mexico, open carry is legal. So if you want to walk around with a gun sitting out of your waistband, more power to you. Personally, I like the element of surprise. So I don't, I don't open carry unless I have to, right? If for whatever reason, I just can't conceal a firearm for that day based on what I'm wearing or what I'm doing, <coughs> I try not to open carry. Because, again, I prefer that element of surprise. But what she's, again, here saying is you should be horrified that people are exercising their right under the United States Constitution and the New Mexico Constitution. That should horrify you. If you're, if you're a young person, you're not allowed to have a handgun. You're right. So if it's the young people shooting and killing each other, why are you disarming everyone? 
It's almost like this is all bullshit. Keep going. Well, it's a crime already. I got it, but we won't be able to arrest all of them. So imagine, just in, 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 a, in a perfect world, if this was upheld, it gives all of these police officers the ability to focus on the real criminals. Last follow-up. So if, in a perfect world, if there's no guns, then the cops can arrest what she just said. Everyone! She said, oh, maybe everyone should get arrested. Well, if they're not carrying guns, then we'll be able to arrest them. For what? For exercising their rights. I mean, this is textbook. You look through world history. <clears throat> this is textbook. Every single country that has ever gone down this path and suspended gun rights, disarmed their populace, eventually turned on their populace. Let's keep listening. Yeah. You took but your point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception. And that is, if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old? Well, we, we got piece this together a little bit. What you just heard from the governor of New Mexico, sworn in governor of New Mexico, what you just heard from her was that even her oath is not absolute. Well, here is the oath that she is forced to say <coughs> before she can be the governor of New Mexico. Sec uh, Article 20, Section 1 of the New Mexico Constitution. Oath of officer. Every person elected or appointed to any office shall, before entering upon his duties, take and subscribe to an oath or affirmation that he will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution and laws of this state, and that he will faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of his office to the best of his ability. <clears throat> Notice, nowhere in there will you find a little asterisk, asterisk saying that, oh, well, this doesn't apply if three kids are shot. <clears throat> You'll notice that that's not there. The, the oath of office is absolute. There's no wiggle room there. You have this this tyrant with a straight face saying that her oath of office is not absolute <clears throat> and that she can have some wiggle room and she can violate what she's talking about is that she can violate her oath of office though she's saying it's not a violation if there's an emergency and notice the language that she's using she's not talking about if there's an emergency she's talking about if she declares an emergency Let, let's cut the shit this is not a health emergency. This is not. She knows it. You know it. Even the gun control advocates know it. This is not a bona fide emergency. They are using this as an excuse to suspend the Second Amendment. Let's keep going. All these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their... Okay, so <laughs> there's a difference between having the debate 
and suspending the Second Amendment and violate, violating your oath. The debate is talking about it, right? If you want to amend the New Mexico Constitution, there's a way to do that. You want to amend the United States Constitution, there's a way to do that. It's not this tyrant just declaring that, oh, it no longer exists. 30 days, shut up, pissant, you can't defend yourself. Let me rewind a little bit because I want to make sure we, we get to hear this next part. We can create a safer environment because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not. In so stunning, stunning how backward she has this. This isn't an us versus them. Everyone, the Second Amendment applies to everyone. Everyone has the right to carry a firearm for self-defense. Everyone has the right to defend themselves. This isn't a, oh, well, the gun owners have rights and the not gun owners have rights. So I'm going to do that interest balancing. I mean, we just talked about it. Supreme Court says you can't do it. But this isn't a, oh, well, this party, this party. The Second Amendment applies to everyone. Applies to everyone. It's just, it's just such horseshit. And she knows it. She knows it's bullshit, but she's doing it anyway. Let's finish it up. But again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. Yep. So this climate, what is the climate? Like she's blaming illegal gun crime, but she's going after law abiding gun owners, right? Because it was already a crime for illegal gun owners to open carry or conceal carry. The only change she made is that it's no longer legal for the law abiding to do it. So what is this? What is this culture that she's talking about? That, that's so dangerous, so threatening. She's a tyrant. And, and this is what I need to know. There's lots of things we need to know. What attorneys looked over this language and gave it the thumbs up? I need to know that right now. Right? We've seen the lawfare that the left has used against attorneys in, uh, related to Donald Trump or January 6th or whatever. Every single attorney that, that had this document come across their desk and they gave it the thumbs up needs to be disbarred immediately. We need disbarment hearings immediately because no executive order gets signed without the attorneys looking it over. What attorneys told her, hey, this is unconstitutional. Like we just saw this. I'll put it back up. Do you really think that these two gentlemen, I don't know who they are. <clears throat> well, obviously, this one's law enforcement. They're sitting there. They're complicit in this. They're complicit in this deprivation of rights, which is where we get to the irony of all ironies. As you know, Donald Trump has been charged with many crimes, <clears throat> all of them bogus, all of them bullshit. But the biggest stretch has been Jack Smith, the special counsel, 
charging Donald Trump with 18 U.S.C. Section 241 conspiracy against rights. Did a whole show on this, but going to repeat it again. Put it up on the screen. 18 U.S.C. Section 241 conspiracy against rights. If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any person in any state, territory, commonwealth, possession, or district in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured to him by the Constitution or laws of the United States, or because of his having so exercised the same, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both if death results from the acts committed in violation of this section. They shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for any term of years or for life or both or may be sentenced to death. The irony of all ironies is Donald Trump has been indicted under this criminal code, conspiracy against rights. Why? Because he disagreed with, with the 2020 election, thought that laws, rules had been violated. He called BS on it, and he pushed to make sure that only legal ballots would be counted. For that, he has been charged with conspiracy against rights. And yet here, and yet here at this table, Two or more persons conspire to intimidate any person in any state in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right secured to them by the U.S. Constitution. You have, you have a, a conspiracy against rights on freaking KOB4. It's sitting right in front of you. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting worked up. Ignore the lawyers. Ignore all the behind-the-scenes people at this one effing table. You have a conspiracy against rights. Where, where is the prosecution? Where's Jack Smith? Where's the DOJ? Where's Merrick Garland? It's open and shut. Open and effing shut. Conspiracy against rights. And the part about if it leads to death, God forbid there is anyone who chooses not to carry a firearm because of the intimidation and threats coming out of this office who then gets killed by someone they should have been allowed to defend themselves, then you can argue that this is the bottom part of that criminal statute. The part down here, anything that involves, if death results from the acts of this violation, can be imprisoned for any term of years or life or both, or maybe sentenced to death. This is potentially a death penalty offense. It's insane. And it's not just this law. Those three people at that table, that's your conspiracy. But for Governor Grisham, she really needs 18 U.S.C. Section 242, deprivation of rights under color of law. This is abuse of power. You denied someone your rights by abusing the power bestowed upon you by the Constitution or the law of the, of the country or of the states. Quote, whoever under color of any law, statute, ordinance, regulation, or custom willfully subje subjects any person in any state, territory, commonwealth, possession, or district, to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured or protected by the Constitution or laws of the United States, or to different punishments, pains, or penalties on account of such person being an alien, yada, 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 yada. <coughs> um, <laughs> it's it. In prison, not more than 10 years. Again, if it results in death, lifetime in prison, or death. <coughs> These are two... Crimes. Grisham, if this was a legitimate country, 
If we had legitimate prosecutors, legitimate district attorneys, legitimate investigators, they would take one look at this conspiracy against rights. And they'd say, okay, you got three people at the table talking, threatening the American people in Albuquerque into not exercising the right protected by the U.S. Constitution. New York State Rifle Pistol Association v. Bruin. That is a crime. That is 10 years in prison, potentially death, God forbid, if someone dies because they're not able to uh, (coughs) freely exercise their self-defense rights. So that's 10 years right there. And then for Grisham, she's abusing her power. And you can hear it. She's saying it. She's saying, I got to do something. And she's saying it's going to be challenged. She knows that this is unconstitutional. That's another 10 years. 20 years. Two crimes. Ironically, the same crime that they're charging Donald Trump with because he challenged legally, lawfully, constitutionally challenged election results. They're asleep at the wheel when it comes to actual violations of Section 242. (coughs) I find that interesting. Listen, I'm not, <coughs> if, if you know me, I don't like calls to violence. That's one of the reasons. I mean, there's many reasons, but one of the things I got very uncomfortable with in my time at Conservative Daily was just how easily rhetoric got ramped up. And I, I've publicly said that I, I wish I wouldn't have contributed to that. And I don't advocate violence, right? I don't advocate extrajudicial violence don't go and attack this woman don't fight her don't do any of that but the second amendment inherently has a threat of violence right the shall not be infringed the the mere the sheer purpose of the second amendment as a means of defending against tyrannical government officials there is an inherent threat of violence within the second amendment and there is a healthy level of that. Like, it's good for politicians to fear the people. Every politician, in the back of their mind, should have at least the faintest of worries that if they do what this tyrant's doing, they could get killed. They could get thrown in prison. They could get the death penalty. They could get life in prison. (coughs) That should be in the back of their heads. These gun grabbers have gotten too effing comfortable. I mean, I... (coughs) I'm, I'm seeing... Like, they're saying the quiet parts out loud. And it can't be Joe Biden, Bicycle Joe. It can't be Sleepy Joe. He hasn't instilled this confidence in them. No, they they actually believe that this is their time to win. That when the Supreme Court has said you have the right to own a gun and carry a gun, this is when they have to fight and, and push the envelope. The great irony, though, <coughs> Governor Grisham, she'll have those those jackboots protecting her. And I don't know if, if you saw the, uh, the Albuquerque sheriff. Such a weak, such a weak response. So I have concerns about whether or not this is constitutional. But I agree, I'll work with her on everything else, but I have concerns. Come on. Governor Grisham will always have at least some jackboots who will be willing to put their boot on the American people's neck if necessary to protect her. But the average gun control advocate will not. And I find it so (coughs) humorous, shocking, alarming that you have gun control advocates 
actively egging on, encouraging, hoping for an eventuality that would lead to their destruction. The very people talking about now is the time when we disarm all the gun owners. I don't think they realize that if they do this, they will cease to exist. And I don't mean that as a threat of violence. I don't. But if, if they truly want to play out this little thought experiment, let's play it out. A minority in the country wants to eliminate a natural God-given right. Eliminate it. They want to go up against the most heavily armed voting bloc in world history. There is no population on earth at any time period, civilian population, who has been more heavily armed than the American people are right now. Just shy of 400 million guns in civilian hands in this country. It's like 390 some odd million. Stunning, right? If you take all of the guns in police department hands and all of the small arms possessed by the United States military, you add them up, that comes out to about four and a half million, four and a half to five million guns. 400 million guns versus five million guns. And then you understand that many, I hope most, but many police officers, <coughs> soldiers, would never carry out this insane vision of disarming the American people. So let's just, let's just cut it in half, right? So you lose half those guns. 400 million guns versus two and a half million guns. Oh, well, they have, they have drones and they have nukes. Yeah, and that's why we ran out of Afghanistan with our tail between our legs. Right now, uh, Afghanistan is the perfect example of this. It happened to us. We, we have all this military might. All this military might. And, and it's not the military's fault, right? But how many nukes you have, how much air power you have, doesn't change the fact that a civilian with a single rifle can do untold amounts of damage. The Afghans did it to us. They did it to the Soviet Union. <coughs> no, the people who are calling for the disarmament of the American people are quite literally egging on, demanding a set of circumstances that would eventually lead to their destruction. They will cease to exist. Because I will tell you, <laughs> I, I hear this a lot. And again, I don't want violence. I have a loving wife. I have two adorable kids. I am, that's the last thing I want. Last thing I want. But I, I've been hearing it more than I've ever heard it. And again, been doing this for a long time. Conservatives asking me, when will enough be enough? And what the New Mexico governor has done has been a galvanizing moment. I am hearing it more than ever before right now. When are we just going to put a stop to this? Because what you hear the New Mexico governor say is that she hopes the courts will uphold this because then it is a model for other states to do this as well. This is racing faster and faster towards armed conflict than I would ever want. I'm comfortable even talking about. But if gun control advocates believe there is, there is a reality in the 
in the vast multiverse, right? If you think of every possible outcome to every possible decision, if you, if you believe in that theory, that there's a multiverse, there is no universe in the multiverse where they go down this path of disarm, of trying to disarm the most heavily armed voting bloc in world history, and they survive to tell the tale. It's just not. Again, not calling for violence, just calling as I see it. These people will not be the ones who walk away from this confrontation. And it used to be when, when you talk and people would say, oh yeah, oh yeah, Molan Labe, uh, yeah, tear this gun from my cold dead hands. It, it was more of just like a talking point. Now, people see what's going on in the world, going on in our country, the tyranny, the despotism. People are, are living and breathing this, this promise that if you seek to disarm the American people, it will not go as easily as you hope it would. And again, I find it super ironic that the very people who are demanding it are the ones who have no ability to defend themselves and would probably be the, the <laughs> probably not walk away from that encounter. So, I mean, the, the path is clear here. We need lawsuits. We need prosecutions. If there is any district attorney in New Mexico with the balls to actually do their job, 18 U.S.C. Section 241, 18 U.S.C. Section 242, right there, those two. I mean, that, that's just federal crimes. And those are just the two I just talked about. There's many more, right? <clears throat> Not even to mention state crimes. You got to do it. You got to do it. And now more than ever is the time for civil disobedience, right? They want nothing more. They would like nothing better than for all gun owners to sit on their hands quietly and say, oh, oh, well, we can't, we can't do that. We saw what happened after January 6th. They're rounding up people just for walking through the atrium, Statuary Hall, charging them now. I mean, they're charging Proud Boys with terrorism because they were on the Capitol grounds. One of them wasn't even there. They're trying to make you too afraid to exercise your First Amendment rights. Now you see New Mexico, they're trying to make you too afraid to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Now more than ever, you must resist. If you're in New Mexico, I think there is a, a carry, <coughs> open carry protest happening uh, tomorrow. Either tomorrow or Monday. Check that out on social media. Go to that. Right? You hear, she admits, we can't arrest all of them. Go there. Exercise your rights. It's a, this is use it or lose it. Ronald Reagan famously said that we are never more than one generation away from losing our rights. Well, the clock struck midnight, folks. This is the fight. It's here before us. There's no running from this fight. They've, <laughs> they've, they've called us out. This is how they want to do things. So to use it or lose it, I'm not calling for violence. I'm calling for concealed carry, open carry. Exercise your rights. And put the police officers on notes because we also need to see which of these police officers are going to violate their oath of office as well. And again, remember, two years ago, the governor of New Mexico signed into law the New Mexico Civil Rights Act, which eliminated 
qualified immunity. So every, every police officer who participates in this disarmament scheme has no right to hide behind their badge or their office and is personally liable. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. I wish Josh was here. He, Ironically, he has a week of firearms training because he's a firearms instructor. I don't want to get it wrong, but basically he teaches gun-fu, like martial arts mixed with actual firearm shooting, John Wick kind of stuff. He is in a week of training. He couldn't be here, but I want to talk. I want to bring him into this because unless this gets shot down, we, we can't just allow this to happen. I mean, we have to fight. We have to resist this. This is the most stunning, flagrant, unapologetic violation of the Second Amendment that has ever happened in this country. And we have to make sure that none of these other tyrants around the country get any good ideas. So once, uh, once Josh comes back, I'll, I'll have the, I'll have him on. We'll, we'll have him back on. We'll, we'll talk to him about this because I'm sure he's, he has a lot to talk about. He was really upset. He couldn't be on here tonight, but, um, I, I knew I, I couldn't just ignore this had to talk about it. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the right guys podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Obviously we are on YouTube rumble. We're also the audio version of the podcast available on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and Podbean. Links are in the description. Make sure you subscribe to an audio version. Very helpful as we prove out numbers, get advertisers. Um, check out all the links in the description if you want to help support the show. Uh, now more than ever, perfect time to buy my book, Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. Again, this fight has been thrust on our doorstep. There's no running from this. Now is the time to stand up and defend yourself. That doesn't mean violence doesn't mean violence, but it does mean not going quietly and not allowing them to get away with this. So again, that's going to be it for this edition of the, of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember everyone, the fight to take back this country and the fight to defend our civil rights is not over. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.